0: Well, well, welcome in live in Logan on a Wednesday at Utah State University. This is The Curd. We are on Aggie Radio 92.3 FM, KBLULP Logan on radio.usu.edu, and find us on the Radio FX app by searching Aggie Radio. You can listen to the show live on Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 10 a.m. You can also listen to the show anywhere you get your podcasts. And I mean anywhere. Our, pad, our podcast is out on iHeartRadio, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. Um, you can find the podcast just about anywhere. Uh, we got a good show for you today. Um, we're going to be jumping a little bit back and forth. Uh, between nfl nba ncaa uh, utah state sports um to start out uh, some nfl free agency news Um, and donican sue of the buccaneers has re-signed for uh another year i think he took a one-year 10 million dollar deal um and that's gonna that's gonna help out the bucks a ton uh getting those players back and um as great of a signing this is it Pays more homage again to Tom Brady and what he's been able to do, um, as far as taking less money for the opportunity to get better players to either stay with the Bucks or to get to recruit other players from other teams uh, to come play with the Bucks. Donnegan uh, Sue um, was such a crucial part to the uh, sorry to the to the Buccaneers. Um, to their uh, oh jeez I'm spacing right now to their uh, is he play defense or offense I'm literally spacing on what I'm thinking of Donovan Smith I'm thinking of uh, who's the other one but either way a great uh, great way to bring back a great player for the Buccaneers um, I'm gonna find it here. I'm looking on Twitter. Adam Schefter's gonna have my back here in just a moment. Okay. Okay. So just recently, also, um, left ta- or uh, yeah, left tackle Donovan Smith. Reached an agreement on a two-year, thirty-one point eight million contract extension through twenty twenty-three, that now includes thirty million guaranteed. So that's, a, you know, great way to add to the offensive line. Uh, you know, Tom Brady's like probably taking less money not only for the pieces to be able to throw to, but also for the opportunity to uh, stay safe as well, uh, be protected um, in the, in the backfield. Um. So that's, you know, Buccaneers, like I said, it just really just pays homage to what Tom Brady's been able to do and how badly he wants to win. Um, Everyone was saying that he was leaving uh, New England just for the money and that he, you know, was sick of not being paid um, for not getting any help, which is true. Like, you know, Tom Brady takes all these pay cuts, but he never gets any help, any good help. And they just go and get defensive players, which is good it's a good thing obviously defense wins uh, wins you a lot of games but you really need to be able to put points on the board against offensive powerhouses as well Um, and the Buccaneers are doing that for him Tom Brady's still taking less money and he will be um, adding more and more players you can't get anything better than you know a quarterback greatest quarterback in the league Um, historically speaking as far as at the moment I definitely think Patrick Mahomes is um, best quarterback right now but historically speaking Tom Brady's definitely the best quarterback and he's taking you know less than 10 million a year I believe if I remember right and he's going to be you know having a ton of players around him and you always get this question you know I'm sure these quarterbacks at least have in mind the same, the same. You know, if they want to win, as bad. Like, why isn't every quarterback taking this, you know, amount of money? You know, you got Deshaun Watson's huge deal, Patrick Mahomes' huge deal, Dak Prescott's huge deal. Where they just want the money. You just talk about the money. Patrick Mahomes is a little different, and I think they're restructuring his deal to be taking less money, um, per year, so that the cap is, you know, a little bit. Or they're you know a little bit farther off the cap, so they can have more players around him. But players like Deshaun Watson, like Dak Prescott, where it just seems to be all the talk is just about the money, and that's it. Um, what I mean, if you are a quarterback and you're trying to catch up to Tom Brady, don't you want to take less money? I mean, I know you, you under understand that you want to get paid. Um, but I mean, the difference between. Fifteen to 20 million and 30 to forty million a year is actually a bigger difference than you think. Um, those guys are going to be making more money than they're going to be able to spend. They're not going to be able to give it away fast enough uh, with how much money they make, um, not only from the contract, but from bonuses, from TV deals, from you know pretty much everything. Their name and likeness, the money they make off of that, is. I mean, it's just it's huge, and so taking twenty million versus forty million. I mean, these guys are still going to be able to buy their big houses, their nice cars, blah, yadi yadi. I' not a big fan of money in general, anyways. So more than more than not, I am always for taking less money for the better situation. But these quarterbacks still take more and more money, and then at the end of the year, they're like, "Man, how do we? How come we're not getting better? How come we're not doing?" Well, look at Tom Brady. He's taking $8 million a year. And he's got all these great players around him. They're like, wow, they just won a Super Bowl. And Tom Brady's taking even less money to get more players around him so they can be even better, so they can go back to the Super Bowl again and win another one. I mean, it almost seems like common sense. And like I said, I, I, money is never taken into account for me. I never think, you know, why go where you can get the most money? I mean... You know, my personal belief is that it comes to self-greed and, you know, what you want your situation to be and you're not thinking of others and whatnot. But at the same time, you do also have to think of yourself to an extent uh, to your family. You know, how, how can you best help yourself, your family, the ones around you, the people you care about the most? You know, that is the most important thing. You know, above sports in general, the most important thing is take care of yourself, your family, and those who mean the most to you. But once that's covered, I mean, start thinking about the sport. Start thinking about your team, about those who really mean most to you at your job. You know, the reason you're getting paid is because you're good, but also because they expect you to be able to win. And the best way for you to win is by getting teammates to surround you who compliment you and make you a better player. I mean, that's how Tom Brady's been so successful. He keeps taking pay cut after pay cut after pay cut. And he then then all of a sudden he gets all these good players and then they win a Super Bowl. And they're like, man, Tom Brady is 43 years old. How does he do it? I mean, it's it's seeming more and more clear every single year how Tom Brady is able to do it. And these quarterbacks keep taking more and more money and are losing more and more games. I, I hate to say it, but... The Cowboys, just because they signed Dak to a 30 million a year plus deal, um, there's, st- I mean, obviously they're going to win their division because their division's horrible. That whole entire division is just garbage. But as far as in the playoffs, I really don't think you're going to go very far, especially where you're going up against, you know, some of the great powerhouses um, in either conference. You're just not going to make it far either way, and paying, getting paid thirty plus million a year is not going to help your case at all. Now we're going to play a little game here. Um, going to play, going to call it Deshaun or deny. Um, you know whether teams whether they trade their quarterback and you know some additional pieces. We're not going to get into the additional pieces because I frankly don't care. And we're going to s- see if you trade your quarterback for Deshaun Watson. And we're going to start out with eliminating the obvious: Buccaneers, Chiefs, um, you know, maybe Seahawks. Even though with the whole situation with Russell Wilson, you might actually trade for him. Um, those ones we're going to eliminate: Packers. You're not going to get rid of Aaron Rodgers, even though the situation is kind of similar. To Seattle team's not happy with quarterback, or you know, vice versa, whatnot. But we're going to play a little game here called Deshaun or Deny. Uh, deny the trade, that is, for Deshaun. And we're going to start off uh, with the Jets. Do you trade Sam Darnold for Deshaun Watson? Um, in my opinion, yes. Uh, Sam Darnold we haven't seen much of, and so it's really hard to kind of guess, but we have seen some of Deshaun Watson. And so as far as what we've seen right now, yes, I would trade for him because the Jets, they you know, regardless of how bad they were last year, they are going to have some great um, opportunities over the next uh, few years to get some great draft picks. And you start with Deshaun Watson. Not only do you get great draft picks, but then likewise you you know start attracting some more players to hopefully make a deep playoff run. Um, as far as for the Texans, you're getting a young Sam Darnold. Who you know, there's a lot more good than there is bad. Um, as far as his talent and his, um, you know, likeness for the game, his IQ is just so high. He's a great, great quarterback, uh, that really just has a ton of potential. Now you do worry about physicality, um, a little bit about, I mean, he's big. And as far as like athleticness, he's, you know, very, you know, on the higher end for quarterbacks than most. It's a big guy. He can move. Uh, get around the, foo- the field. Uh, but as far as just like staying healthy, that is something that is really hard to to overcome, especially when you're looking for a franchise quarterback. But I think the Texans take a chance on this one. I think this is probably the m- one of the most likely to happen as far as a trade goes. Um, the second one is actually, you know, just a little bit down the road. Um, same stadium. Uh, the... New York Giants you know do you trade Daniel Jones and a few pieces for Deshaun Watson Um, I think yes I think this is a an awesome place for uh, for Deshaun Watson to be Uh, you have Saquon Barkley coming back Uh, the Giants are still going to be able to be a good team and even with just you know keeping Daniel Jones they're going to be a good team you add Deshaun Watson and that's a pretty good playoff team Now, as far as making it to the Super Bowl or even the conference championship, I don't think so. Uh, However, um, you get Deshaun Watson in the mix, and you're going to be a great playoff team. Uh, We move on to the Panthers, who have been rumored to trade uh, for Deshaun Watson. You're getting Teddy Bridgewater, who's always been a solid uh, quarterback, but maybe you just take that, um, move Deshaun Watson, kind of get rid of all the drama. You bring Teddy Bridgewater in, uh, who's a great leader. Um, who has, you know, proven to be a pretty uh, like a great quarterback. Um, I wouldn't say elite, but a good to great quarterback, who comes in and plays his role, um, understands where he's at, and doesn't expect to to be the greatest, but strives to do his best, which I think is all you can ask for. Um, and as far as for Carolina, obviously you get Christian McCaffrey back. Uh, you know you've still got uh, great defense who can you know really help um, solidify you as a great team in your conference or in your division so that one's a little bit more like eh, you're getting a lot of player good players back especially McCaffrey and you just kind of take it as it is and you know play this next season hopefully everything goes great and if not then you know maybe you look the next year to move some players around and and start rebuilding from there. Um I can't really think of any other teams that I would want to trade. I mean, you know, do you do the Bears somehow pull the rug out from under us and surprise us and you know, do us basically just sign and trade Andy Dalton? Um I mean, from what they've from what we've heard, they've told Andy Dalton that he is the guy, which the Bears just keep rolling downhill faster and faster and faster, and it's just going to get worse. Ever since the trade of Khalil Mack, and then with Mitchell Trubisky, and then trying to sign Nick Foles and overcome that, and it's just the Bears are going to be rebuilding for a while now, I think. Uh, it's going to be, I hate to break it to Bears fans, but it sounds like you're going to be having uh, some rebuilding to do. Uh, so those those are the teams that I think that uh, Deshaun Watson could be traded for. Um I mean, obviously with all the lawsuits and everything going on, do the Texans want to actually get rid of him now, so they just get rid of the drama. Um that's something that we'd have to look more that they would have to look inside themselves for, you know, do you want to move off the drama or do you want to keep Deshaun and try to rebuild the relationship even though it definitely seems like it's not there anymore? Um who knows? But you know, we'll We'll see how that goes and how the Texans play it out, how Deshaun Watson plays this out, um, if all these allegations are false and what that can do. I mean, obviously, if these are all true, that totally affects Deshaun Watson's career, and um, it's really hard to to be able to sign a guy who's having troubles off the field and is going to cause drama, is going to cause the team a lot of money, um, You know, potential violations with the league and whatnot. Uh, it just kind of is all going to go in a downhill direction from there in my opinion. So we'll we'll be updated on that obviously as everyone. Welcome back in everybody, this is the Curd. Let's get talking a little bit about some NBA talk. Um, we got the Jazz and the Nets playing tonight uh, on ESPN. I believe that's at 8 o'clock, if I remember right. Um, I'm going to have to pull that up. Um, but yeah, I believe we can watch that on ESPN, 10 Eastern. Um, it's going to be a great one. Uh, there's a couple stories behind this that I think are going to be more interesting than not. Um For one, Kyrie Irving's not going to be showing up to uh, Utah to play with the team. He's attending to a quote-unquote family matter. Um, This also happened last time when he missed seven, eight games because of a family matter. Um, I'm not exactly sure what this family matter is. Obviously, I think family's important and whatnot, but also, you, you know, being one of the better players on your team, your team needs you. Uh... Yeah, I'm. it's really hard because, you know, especially after I just said that, you know, family, you know, help yourself, family, those around you, whatnot. And then I'm going to come back and say that Kyrie Irving shouldn't be doing this, you know, on a regular basis, leaving just for to attend Family Matters when he's got work that he's got to attend to. Um, but it's, I mean, at this point, it's, it's true. I, you know, you can't just leave work almost whenever when... Uh, whenever you want, just to, you know, attend a family party or whatnot, um, you know, you've got a job to to do, and you're trying to win a championship, and, um, you just take, you know, take games off, just to, just for, for, you know, undisclosed family matters, I guess, um, especially when you're playing some pretty good teams, you need to, some games that you need to win. I feel like Kyrie Irving should be on this road trip, but he's not. I Like I said, I don't know why exactly. I'm Obviously, it says family matter, but do we really believe that? Who knows? Um, but the Jazz's win streak uh, at home is, is on the line. We've got a 16-game home win streak, um, which I think is probably the longest in the NBA right now. But uh, Brooklyn comes in with just James Harden. Um, and obviously some great bench players, but without Landry Shamit, uh, so Nets a little undermanned. Jazz have everybody. The Jazz should take this one. Um, I don't really see too much going on, uh, as far as like anything really exciting. Uh, this is the second time that these teams are going to be meeting. The Nets. Obliterated the Jazz last time, one hundred and thirty to ninety-six, and uh, back in January, Kyrie had twenty-nine points, Donovan had thirty-one, but that was pretty much it from there. Uh, Donovan really didn't, you know, have much help in that game. Um, but really, the only person that we have to really watch out for is James Harden. Uh, see how, you know, how well we can guard him and what we can do on the defensive end and the offense will kind of take care of itself because this is not a great defensive team, the nets. Um now our defense has been struggling against you know mid to good teams uh in the past 10 or so games. Uh we've haven't been, you know, holding our opponents to you know, really low shooting percentages like normal and also low amounts of points. Like uh, Over the past 10 games, our opponents have averaged 117 points, which is good for, you know, bottom half in the league defensively. So we've kind of been getting caught up in our offense and trying to get on a roll there and it's kind of been showing on defense. Uh, last 10 games, we've also played a majority of those on the road, um, especially just coming off of this really long road trip. Um out you know out east it's been really hard on the jazz uh the past 10 games the nets have been eight and two um holding to their opponents to a few less points uh, a little bit worse shooting percentage um which is good on them but you know we've got to we've got to come out you know hot on offense hungry on defense and really hold the nets to as little amount of points as possible because this is an offensive team that can really get on a roll, can really shoot the ball. Obviously, you lose Kyrie Irving, who's a major offensive piece, Um, definitely not much of a piece on defense. And so really this just helps Utah on defense. They come out real hungry. They can try to hold James Harden to as little as possible. And hopefully the Jazz come out with a win on this one. The Jazz kind of need to get back on a roll um, after being – Um, you know, kind of showing up in the past few games. They've, you know, this is the first, I think Chicago, the win against Chicago and against Toronto. um, Those are the first, you know, two games, one back-to-back since beginning of February, I think. So it's been a while since the Jazz have have won uh, two consecutive games. Um, The Jazz are, you know, still trying to hold off other teams as far as you know, teams in the Western Conference go. If we look at the full standings, you know, we've got in second, we've got the Suns right behind us. They, you know, two games behind Clippers and Lakers are four games behind. Um, and then kind of starts falling back uh, from there. Uh, the, you know, just going in Western Conference in general, the three and eight seed are all within, you know, four and a half games of each other. That's, you know, that, the The standings could change dramatically in the in the next, who knows how long, uh, you know, until the rest the end of the season. The Dallas Mavericks are only half a game behind San Antonio, and you know, Portland's only a game behind Denver, who's only a game and a half behind the Lakers. So you could see the Clippers move down to eighth if they start stumbling, or the, you know, I I think the Lakers drop dramatically. Now, ideally, we want them to be around the six, seven seed if they start dropping dramatically since both LeBron and ad are out um, which it's from what uh, you know what I've seen it's gonna be about a month until LeBron and ad are back um, so the Lakers could potentially start falling a few spots if you know the nuggets the blazers you know the Spurs anybody can start getting hot because um, I mean other than you know LeBron and ad the Lakers really don't have much. I mean, yeah, you got Dennis Schroeder, you've got Montrezl Harrell, Kyle Kuzma, who are all, you know, either inconsistent or just not really heavy hitters as far as, you know, being leading a team by any means. So really don't really see the Lakers, especially since they've got one of the five hardest schedules for the remainder of the season. Um, if we look at their schedule, their next um I mean, their next game is at home against the 76ers, which is a game more than likely to lose. Uh, Home against Cleveland, Orlando, those are games that 50-50 you can win. Uh, Against Milwaukee, not very likely. Against Sacramento, you can win. Uh, Against Clippers, not very likely. I mean, you know, there's a bunch of games over the next, you know, month or so that are probably going to go, you know, in favor of the opposing team, especially when the Lakers have a, Oh, how many games is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Uh, seven game road uh, road trip. You know, that's going to Sacramento. I mean, obviously they're back in L.A., so I wouldn't necessarily call that as part of the road trip because um, they're back home for that one. But then you go to Toronto, you go to Miami, you go to Brooklyn, you go to New York, uh, you go to Charlotte. All teams who are, you know, fighting for a playoff spot really want to win um or they're really good and so you're looking at potentially you know going two and five even maybe one and six in that on that road trip and then you've got a home stand and then another longer road trip and it's it's just a tough schedule for the lakers and i really see them kind of falling back a few spots now, like I said, ideally for us, for the Jazz fans, it's getting you know we want them in that six, seven seed. So if anything, um, in the playoffs, we come up against them in the conference finals. Um, but it's really hard to tell what's going to be um, happening over the over the next month or so. If the Lakers can you know hold it and you know keep keep winning some games, and while LeBron and AD are gone, but when you have those two players who are ninety percent of your offense and your defense, it's it's going to be really hard to you know to really win without them. Um, but they just they just kind of have to buckle in and play their best. That's really all that the Lakers can do at this point uh, without LeBron and AD. Like, there's really nothing that you know. There's definitely no, I guess, quote unquote, taking. I guess you would want to do. You obviously don't want to just give up, but you just this is a time to really find your stride and really kind of find who can be your solid number three, who can be your best defensive player. Like, um, you know, really just kind of brings to light what the Lakers are uh, outside of LeBron and AD. And, you know, this can help LeBron and AD really understand what, you know, what they can do to help elevate these guys who have now shown that without them, what they can do. And so when they... When they do come back, they can elevate those players. Um, but obviously, as a Jazz fan, we hope that they lose the next 10 games. It'd be awesome. Um, but for as far as tonight, uh, I think the biggest thing, like I said, is just really being hungry on defense because this is an offensive team who is very, very, uh, very talented as far as shooting goes, uh, sharing the ball. Uh, James Harden leads the league in assists. Um What I want them to do is really come out with a stat like effective field goal percentage where they just say, like, okay, out of effective shots, like this is how many they made or whatnot. I want them to have an effective assist percentage or effective assists per game because like we've talked about on the show previously, James Harden is, you know, when he's putting up more than eight, nine assists, his turnovers correlate the same and they also increase. And so how many of those assists are, you know, compensated for how many turnovers that, you, that you've that you committed throughout the game? You know, does that drop it down to five, maybe six assists? Um, are these triple-doubles really meaning anything for James Harden? Like, is he really... Now, obviously, like, James Harden in Houston, they told him he's the guy. He kind of became this guy who could shoot, put up 60 points in a game on multiple nights, and it just... You know, kinda got out of hand from there and I don't think you know, I think this is really the true James Harden that we're seeing, that you know, he actually has some good players beside him that he can that he can share the ball with. I think over the past few years in Houston they kept trying to get somebody who can share the ball to James Harden and get the ball to him. But now we look at it as okay, well now James Harden's the guy sharing the ball with Kyrie. Now he's sharing the ball with Kevin Durant, he's sharing the ball with DeAndre Jordan, Landry Shamit, Joe Harris um he has guys to pass to and I think that has really kind of brought out his true game so I'm not saying I'm not discounting the 11 assists a game but it also comes with multiple turnovers and that's where you know James Harden alone is he going to be able to you know share the ball as much still and they still put up the same amount of points still be the same offensive team we'll have to see tonight and on this road trip for the Nets um, but for the Jazz, they just need to hunker down on defense and really shut James Harden down as much as possible. Make someone else beat you, um, and then on offense, like it'll come naturally. It'll come. You'll get on a roll. You'll get hot. Just make sure that the defense is in place, and so that you can have more opportunities to score and put up points, extend the lead, do everything that you can to to really put the Nets out of their out of their system, out of. Uh, out of their rhythm and I think the Jazz will come out with a win on that one now over the next few games the Jazz you know obviously have some of the the or has one of the easiest schedules uh, remaining for the rest of the season um obviously this is a tough one against the Nets but then you look at the next few games you've got against Memphis uh back to back Friday and this Friday and Saturday at home um, you got Cleveland you got Memphis again, Chicago, Orlando, Dallas, you know, those are a bunch of teams that are on the fringe of playoffs and, or not even in the playoffs, uh, teams that are below 500. Uh, these are games that the jazz just need to get on a roll and really extend their, their lead in the Western conference and really solidify that number one spot. And then, um, just kind of take it from there and really just take, uh, obviously take one game at a time but really look to the future like okay this str- this next stretch we need to really be focusing on you know piling as many wins as we can because you know come playoff time nobody is going to be forgiving and we need to take our in a, in a sense the easiest route you know we want to make sure that the 2-3 you know 2-3 seed is teams that we aren't necessarily consistently good against like the Clippers like the the suns like the the lakers i think our best chance is obviously against the suns and so i would rather have them in the four seed than the lakers and the clippers but you know obviously it'll come come playoff time it will it'll tell a different story and the jazz just have to remain hungry and play every single game their hardest um we're going to take another quick break here give you some more aggie radio tunes Uh, When we come back here in just a few minutes, we will give you some Utah State sports news, um, as well as some opportunities for future guests. We will um, be trying to get on here on the show, so be excited, stay tuned, and we'll be back. with. Welcome back in, everybody. Um, As far as Utah State news goes, uh, men's golf wins the inaugural UC San Diego Invitational. Senior Colton Cordingly tied for first, um, but ended up uh, coming short on the last few playoff holes against San Diego State's Liam Koenigke. Uh, Koenigke went on to beat Cordingly on the third playoff hole uh, to earn the medalist honors, but it was a solid play from uh, Cordingly who um, really helped Utah State come to this first-place finish uh, as a team. Uh, they shot 29 over par um, on a pretty difficult course. Uh, uh, La Costa Champions course down there in San Diego is a, a really tough course, um, and our guys came out on top. Really happy for them. Um, this is their first tournament victory since February 11th of last year uh, when they won the SUU hosted uh, Pat Hicks Thunderbird Invitational. Um, and I think they're f- so, this is the first tournament won in California. Uh, since 2017. So awesome win for the guys. Um great to have them winning. We've got a great golf team. Um with senior Colton accordingly leading the way. Um uh coach Dean Johansson said I'm extremely happy for them. i Was telling the guys the other day that they work so hard to work hard. Uh if that makes sense, they have they've had to hit balls at 7:30 at the indoor facility and drive an hour just to find grass to play on. So definitely tougher in these spring conditions because snow always takes a little bit longer to melt here in Logan and it's a little harder to to actually get on the course and get a feel for the ground that you're hitting off of and um, really kind of feel your groove hitting off of a mat in an indoor facility is always tough uh, you really don't get the same feel um, you're it's just there's nothing like being out on the course practicing and you know when I when I played on the I played on the high school team Um, for my high school growing up and there were a lot of times you know we lived even further north of here and so it took a lot longer for snow to melt where we're at it was a lot colder and so we were in the gym hitting off little grass mats for weeks at a time before we could even get out on the course and practice Um, it was it's a challenge it's hard Um, and these guys are good and so we're really not having any troubles kind of getting in a groove there and now that it's getting warmer uh, I've seen people out golfing, so hopefully these guys are able to get out on the course a lot more and it's going to be a great season for uh, Utah State men's golf. Um, women's gymnastic team is ranked 22nd in the nation right now. They're looking to compete at the Salt Lake City Regional uh, Tournament uh, on April 1st through the 3rd. Um, that's going to be really exciting for our, um, our Lady Aggies. Really awesome uh, opportunity for them to be ranked in the nation, uh, to go up against some of the really, really some of the best teams. Um, it's an exciting time for Utah state sports. These, uh, these sports that were supposed to happen in the fall that are now happening in the spring, um, like volleyball and, um, uh, you know, softball now coming up. Uh, we're really happy to have those sports back. Um, I think tennis is getting on a roll now and so we're, you know, really excited to have all the Aggie sports finally get their opportunity after a rough year last year. So, exciting times. Awesome, awesome times. Um, the... If I look here in just one... Um, look here a little bit more about the the regionals in Salt Lake for the, the gymnasts... Um, looks like uh, arizona and temple are going to be competing head-to-head on april 1st so i don't think we will um i don't think we'll be playing on that first day but on the second day we'll be uh yeah the second day is when utah state will play and so they kind of get a little bit of a buy um arizona and temple aren't ranked in the nation and so i think they're just kind of doing a little from what i understand a play-in game obviously i know nothing about gymnastics um, I'm just trying to BS my way here for you, but trying to give you some news. But from what I'm reading here is Arizona and Temple will be essentially competing head-to-head. And the winner of that duel will then go on to the second round to compete against um, our gymnasts against Kentucky. Uh, I believe they're ranked 14th in the nation. And then LSU, who's ranked third in the nation. So that's a big uh, a big one for our gymnasts. Uh, so s- stay tuned for that. Uh, you can keep up to date on... Um, Utah state's gymnastic pages on social medias. Uh, if you want to keep up with that uh, really exciting time for them to be ranked in the nation on that one. Uh, I believe that's it here for us um, here at the curd. We're going to be looking to get some more guests here on for ya. We had a great time with Parker Ballantyne um, last Friday. Uh, what a great opportunity that was so happy for him to be able to come on. We'll be having him on again um, in the near future, but We're going to get this thing rolling again. Really appreciate all of you sticking in here with us, tuning in today. Uh, This is The Curd.